It's on. I got a bottle today, so we're going to be nice and easy there. But there you go, boys. Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode of The Covert Show. And this is a little bit of an unorthodox recording for us today. I'm back going solo. JC was sick on Wednesday when we wanted to record. He was out of town. Um, and I also had family in town this week, so I was trying to record or get around that. And I was doing their engagement photos uh, my family ended up leaving this morning a little bit earlier than expected, so you know what? We're here doing it on Sunday, and guys, this is a very fun Sunday, because not only one is it NFL Sunday. It is October 1st, and ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the good old Sam Adams, good old Oktoberfest. So that's what we got today going on. Also, it is 11 o'clock in the afternoon. It is NFL Sunday. It is acceptable. No judgment by anybody over here. So, what we got going on today, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to kind of try to keep this episode a little bit short and sweet. Number one, October 1st, it's officially fall, everybody. But it doesn't freaking feel like it. It's 90 effing degrees outside right now in the middle of Iowa. So, deer season starts today. Not when 90 degrees is hitting. No, it don't. So, I'm currently sitting here at home in my apartment. Not sitting in a tree. So that's kind of what we got going on today. Like I said, it's gonna I'm gonna try to keep it somewhat short and sweet. <clears throat> Still probably run an hour after talking about a lot of stuff. Um, we'll break it down to you this way. It is officially now time for postseason baseball. One more game today of the regular season, and we're out. And then it's done though. It's bye. Postseason baseball starts. Now, for a lot of you guys, you'll be sitting at home watching it from the couch as fans of your team. One lucky fan on this podcast gets to do so. Congratulations to the Toronto Blue Jays for clinching their spot in the good old wild card round. You guys, we'll go through the playoff picture as well here. And some questions for some certain fans um, like myself. Um, Yeah. Cubs got knocked out of playoff contention yesterday, um, even after winning the game against the Brewers. Here's where this all breaks down. If you are a Cubs fan and have a lot of questions, we do as well. If you understand how the settings are gone or settings of this wild card have gone through, three wild card teams end up making it, and then you play through um, your division at that point. So you'll have a wild card matchup with a wild card team, and then you'll have a wild card matchup with a division winning team, and go from there on both sides of the bracket. Now, here's where things kind of really start getting tough for everybody. Yesterday. Had a lot of questions surrounding it. Whether or not the Cubs could win, and if the Marlins win and the Cubs lose, then the Cubs are definitely out. The Diamondbacks were still in consideration for this because the Diamondbacks were also vibing for a spot. The Diamondbacks had the Astros. What I didn't realize was where Arizona played their midseason series versus the Marlins and how those results would affect it. I totally threw that out the window and forgot about it. Went and looked back at it last night at midnight when I saw the ESPN update of Cubs aren't making the playoffs. I was like, son of a... I was not happy. And so, like, I had to drop the news to my family this morning that we have, like, a whole group chat that went to the Cubs game. I had to drop that information this morning. Um, so that was heartbreaking. But when you look back at it, Arizona ended up beating or losing to the Marlins. So Miami held the tiebreaker over Arizona. Arizona and Miami held the tiebreaker over Chicago. And so did the Reds. But with Arizona's loss last night, Miami snuck in over top of Arizona to get that higher seed spot. 
Miami sinks down, or Arizona sinks down, Cubs eliminated because they don't have the tiebreaker. Because we ended up losing both series to Arizona and Miami and the Reds. So all three series kind of went down the drain there. And the Cubs, honestly, um, it was it was a tough end of the season. I mean, multiple leads blown. Defense was not playing as good as it usually had this season. The bats were still there, but the pitching staff and the bullpen were not where we needed it to be. Um, Steele still had a fantastic season. He should be vibing for um, a Cy Young award, which will be pretty sick. So, but still, it was a good season for the Cubs. I think moving forward, we still got Dansby Swanson signed to a deal. I want Cody Bellinger back. That bat was absolutely electric for for Chicago. And plenty of young guys got a lot of time to play. So it was good. Throwing it to the whole bracket now. Because this is a this is going to be a fun, fun October, everybody. I mean, it's going to be... It's going to be one of, I think... Probably one of the toughest postseasons I've seen. So how it breaks down, we'll throw it over to the American League side first. You've got, <clears throat> excuse me, in the wild card games, you've got the three-seed Minnesota Twins taking on the Houston Astros. You've got the four-seed Tampa Bay Rays taking on the Blue Jays. I know JC's super stoked about that. I know he's going to be ecstatic for it. He's already been posting on Twitter. He's already sent out retweets and everything like that on his Instagram story as well. He's been posting so, J.C.'s excited. The winner of the three-versus-six matchup between Minnesota and Houston, that'll go to Texas, playing the number two seed. And then the winner between the Jays and the Rays, that'll go to the amazing Baltimore Orioles. How about having a friggin' season? Good Lord. Baltimore absolutely comes through in the clutch and pulls it out late, although they were heating up as well. It was a very, very hot season for Baltimore, and we'll pull up the standings here on where they lie. So they clinched the top seed in the American League, as well as they were coming close to clinching the number one seed overall, but that falls to the Atlanta Braves. The Baltimore Orioles finished with a record of 101-60. and Huge. Haven't seen that record from Baltimore in a long time. Tampa so far finishes the regular season 98-63, and and the Jays with an 89-72 record. Twins, 87-74. and We have a team above 500 in the American League East. Or in the American League Central. That's shocking. Because the next closest team was Detroit with 77 and 84. Throwing it down to the West. Texas ends the season with a 90 and 71 record. Houston with an 89 and 72. And then the Mariners sadly got eliminated yesterday as well with a Houston win. So that race was coming down tight too in the American League. And then throwing it to the National League side. If you are a Braves fan, congratulations. You're back on the number one seed. Braves await the winner of the wild card matchup between the Phillies and the Marlins. Phillies four, Marlins five. Dodgers, you're the two seed. Once again, it seems like a very consistent story that the Dodgers are just making the playoffs, making the playoffs, making the playoffs, making the playoffs. So is freaking Houston. It's ridiculous. Can we get some new teams in here, please? Although, they're the best teams in baseball, so what are you going to say about it? If you're the Dodgers, you're waiting between the winner of the Brewers, who won the National League Central and the Diamondbacks for that wildcard matchup. And then, obviously, winner goes through. If you're looking at when these games start, game one of the wildcard for the National League, that game, why does that not say? That's Tuesday, October 3rd. So games start Tuesday of the postseason. I'm super, super excited. I mean, we're going to go through a whole entire week here, and pretty much for the rest of um, the month of October, we're going through where we have sporting events Every single freaking day. 
Monday night football will be tomorrow. Sunday night football, obviously tonight. Tuesday, wild card. Wednesday, wild card. Thursday, wild card. And Thursday night football. Saturday, college football and wild card. Friday is the only day I think that we don't have anything. And then Sunday flips around. So sports are huge, folks. This is the best time of the year. (coughs) I just died. I swallowed wrong. Oof. But sports are back. We got baseball in full swing postseason, which everybody, if you don't love postseason baseball or if you're not a if you're a fan of baseball, even if your team's out, I guarantee you you're sitting in front of a TV watching postseason baseball because you pick out the either the underdog or you pick out the the team that you is kind of your secondary team if they make it in. That's the teams you pick out and then you go. For me, it's the Orioles. Sorry, JC. I want the Orioles to win. I've been high on this team all year. I've been high on them since we started the podcast at the beginning of the year, saying that this could be a different Orioles team, how they picked it up last year. So I got the Orioles this year. That's my dog team. I rooted for the Braves when they made it and won the World Series. I am high on them. (sighs) Sad to say I don't have a National League team anymore with any hopes of getting my vote. So... But that's how it'll go. Starting, like I said, on Tuesday, you got games between Philadelphia and Miami. You got Tampa Bay versus Toronto, Milwaukee, and Minnesota versus the Astros and the Diamondbacks. So the NL wild card and the AL flipped that one. Throwing it to Wednesday, we got game two between Philly, Tampa, Milwaukee, Minnesota. And then Thursday, game three, if needed, in this three-game series. And then on Saturday... We have the ALDS. So Atlanta is waiting the winner of that. LA is awaiting the winner of that. And Boston as well is waiting the winner of that. And Texas as well. They're awaiting that winner. So ALDS starts on the weekend, which is super exciting. And it'll kind of flip-flop from there. I mean, you're you're looking at kind of where postseason baseball comes down to it. Everything really matters. I mean, Baltimore has had a good record this year, but, you know, it could be because they have a young team. A lot of the nerves kind of get to them. Baltimore really hasn't had a playoff team in the last few years, so they're going to be – the birdcage is going to be rocking. Toronto's going to want to keep looking to try to get through their postseason woes of being able to move past it, make a World Series. The Rangers have not been in this position since, what was it, 2008, 2009, of holding this high of a spot? Maybe, well, besides the wild card when they had the Blue Jays in the postseason a couple of years ago. But, I mean, the Rangers are sitting pretty. They've got the ALDS kind of sitting where they want it, and they could face face good teams here. They've got the Astros, and they've got the Twins. Although I don't see the Twins honestly getting past the Astros. That one is going to be a tough one. I don't, I don't see the Twins really making it past the Astros. The pitching staff for that bullpen of the Astros is pretty good, as well as, I mean, you're facing Bregman, you're facing Altuve, you're facing... Such a high-powered offense. Jordan Alvarez, Pena. I mean, you go down this list of the Astros, I mean, you're sitting just weapon, 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 going down one through nine. Then you go through the Twins offense. I mean, decent offense, able to hit the ball, produce runs, but I mean, I think you're going to be outmatched on the pitching side, and I think Houston's going to take that series. Toronto, Tampa. JC's talked about it. I mean, if we want to look at where Toronto had Tampa here, I can pull up pull up the games for how that series went. But still, I mean, you're looking 
That one, I think, is going to be a lot closer of a matchup. I think that one takes all three games. I think the Twins get knocked out in two, and I think the the Astros or the Blue Jays and Rays go all the way through 4-3. If I could actually, you know, excuse me, pull this up correctly. Going through the Blue Jays here, I mean, you you take one game away from the Blue Jays, you take, or from the Rays, lose one, but you already clinched the playoffs because the Mariners ended up losing. So now they got to come through with another one here, and then they were able to take a series away from the Rays earlier a couple of weeks ago with a win-loss win. So, I mean, they're, they're kind of doing the same thing. And, I mean, both teams are in it. So, I mean, this is – you're not vibing for spots anymore. So, personally, I think today might be a day where you just put in some guys, give some big guys some rest, get ready for coming up on Tuesday and Thursday. So, that's kind of where I see it. I mean, I can flip it over to the National League side as well. I think Philadelphia is going to – Get on the Marlins. Somebody's starting their big-ass diesel outside. But I think Philadelphia is going to get past the Marlins, even though you got Alcantara on the mound for the Marlins. And then, personally as well, if you guys were really paying attention to how this was going to go down, Thursday night for Marlins fans was literally, or maybe it was Friday, that was nerve-wracking. So here's how this situation played out. Marlins-Mets. This was all vibing before the wild card spot even happened. I've been saying that a lot today. I don't know why I said vibing a lot. But this has all been going down before the wild card was locked in and everybody is now in the playoffs. You had the Mets and the Marlins going into the ninth inning. Marlins were up. Rain hits. Rain stops. After the rain delay, they try to detarp the field. Rain comes again. Marlins are up 2-1 in this game, which I haven't even seen if this game has been postponed yet. Or they don't even need to play it? Like, we got to go to the Marlins schedule here. That's that's honestly a good question. I should have brought that up before, before I even asked this. So we'll go click on Miami here. It's been postponed. So, excuse me. A little bit of backstory on that as well. You had the Cubs playing the Brewers. And that game was going into extras. Right? Was that the right day? What day was this game? I'm getting my dates all mixed up. I I am so sorry. So, excuse me. September 27th. That was Thursday. We'll throw it over to Thursday for the Cubs. So you had the Cubs with the Braves, which the Braves ended up winning in 10. Here's how the Cubs record really breaks down. Lose a series to the Diamondbacks. You lose a series to the Rockies. You lose two series to the Diamondbacks. You lose a series to the Rockies. You lose two series to the Rockies. Or no, you win that one. The Pirates you lose a series to. Braves you full on get just swept. And then the Brewers. Now it don't matter. The Marlins were almost about to have to play one inning of baseball tomorrow if everything went to shit today. And yesterday, which it almost did. So the Marlins no longer now have to play one more inning of baseball. I don't know what the league is going to rule on this one. Because at this point, it doesn't matter. The Mets have already been knocked out for a while. The Marlins were only going to need that ninth inning if everything was kind of going in the right or in the wrong direction. So now, postseason baseball is set. I've got, in the National League side, like I said, Phillies over the Marlins to take on the Braves. I'm honestly going to vibe for Arizona on this one. 
Why do I keep saying vibe, man? It's I don't even think I'm using it in the right context today. Welcome to 11 o'clock on a Sunday. I'm going to go with Arizona on this one. I just like the way that this team has been playing. I like Corbin Carroll. Uh, it's a young Arizona Diamondbacks team also. I'm just not a big Brewers fan. So, I'm just... Bye. So... I've got Arizona coming on. I think this game or this series will take all three. The one thing I do think that Arizona is going to have to get past is Corbin Burns and this Miller or this uh, Brewers starting staff. The starting rotation for the Brewers is huge. Um, offense, I think, is going to be great on both sides as long as you slow down Corbin Carroll. You don't let him get extra bases. That's going to be the biggest thing. Corbin Carroll is going to run, which if you can stop that, great. Contreras behind the plate, got no doubt that he won't be able to, or that he'll, that he can stop him. But still, you got to keep that run game under control with Arizona. So if I got Arizona going to the net, or going to LA, I've got the Dodgers winning that. Braves, Phillies, I got to stick with the Braves on that one, just because the way the Braves have been hitting throughout this last couple of months, they should have Max Freed back. I know Charlie Morton is not going to be back, um, but Max Freed with that blister injury, I do believe he will be back for this wild card start which will be fantastic for the Braves. I mean, you get Max Freed back, so there's a big, big weapon. But the Braves' Braves arms have been pretty good, shutting everybody down, being able to get deep into games. Bullpen has been outstanding. Offensively, Ronald Acuna Jr. becomes the first person in Major League history to have 70 stolen bases and 40 home runs in a season. Go off, dude. Seriously, like, this is Ricky Henderson numbers. Whether or not he will catch Ricky Henderson, we don't know because here's the here's the fun fact about it. Ricky Henderson's record is honestly one of the most, as you can say, unbeatable records in baseball. Stealing that many bases. I mean, seriously, it's it's ridiculous. So now Ricky Henderson has competition. Don't 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 get all high and mighty with me on this one. He's got competition. I can't really say it with a tight tight enough grip on it because it's only been a year where Ronald Acuna Jr. has done this. But still, 70 stolen bases in a season. That is impressive. I haven't seen that in my lifetime, honestly. So that was really cool to see. Sadly, it was against the Cubs, but it was really cool to see Ronald Acuna Jr. do that. I think for the National League Series, Braves, Dodgers, and to be honest, I don't know where I sit on that one. I really don't. Both teams are super, super tough. I think the biggest thing that would happen for the Dodgers is just a little bit more postseason experience. The Braves would get home field advantage. <sighs> I'm going to have to come back to that one. I've got Houston over Texas, or Houston to play Texas. And now here's where we go crazy. With the way that this entire American League wild card and championships have gone down like who was going to get seeds I personally think Houston might win this over Texas I really really do and that's shocking to me because the one thing that I got to look at here is how Texas played down the stretch which they went through a massive skid and it, and it came down to the entire west side was just battling itself. I mean, it was ridiculous on how many times that flip-flopped and was able to go through. They got swept by the Astros, or they lost the series to the Astros in July. You come down the list here. They lost in September. They got swept out 
13-6, on September 4th, 5th, and 6th. So, I mean, that's a huge loss for them, being not able to put up enough runs for that, but that was also kind of going through the flip-flop of Texas had lost between the Angels, three straight to the Brewers, two to the Diamondbacks, three to the Twins, pick up a win, and then lose one more time before losing to the Mets, losing to the Twins. I mean, they were going through a struggle bus here. The month of September was not good for Texas, and that was the one thing that everybody was looking at is, okay, can we be able to bounce back? Which they were able to pick up a big series win and a full series sweep against Toronto after beating Oakland, losing that four-game series, or three-game against Houston in early September. Throwing it down to the Guardians, they had that skid against the Guardians and the Red Sox, and then they were able to pick it back up, go on a five, six-game win streak. And then that was pretty much the end of the year, and then they've lost the series to Seattle. Well, technically they have not yet. That game's coming up today. But now Seattle is done uh, for the year. So I honestly think that Houston's going to be able to pull through this. Bruce Bochy, sorry, bud. It's an odd year, and you're not with the Giants anymore. So I, I'm calling the Astros get that. Rays, Blue Jays. I'm going to go high with it. I'm going to do it. Uh, I don't know what I want to do with this one, folks. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to pick the Blue Jays because I know that they have a, a good opportunity to move through. They get knocked out in the DS, though. The Blue Jays are still going through the playoff woes. I've got Arizona, or not Arizona, Baltimore and um, Houston in the ALCS. And honestly, give me Baltimore in the World Series. I'm going to eat my words on that, I feel like, but I got Baltimore in the World Series. I feel so high on this team right now, but this is the bad thing. They've got so many new guys that have not been in this stage yet. They've got guys that have been, but it hasn't. it's been very, very long time since they've been in this stage. So give me Baltimore in the World Series, but I think they're going to lose. The National League is going to pick up the World Series once again. And honestly, oh, who do I want? You know what? Let me chop. Give me the Braves. Braves, Orioles, World Series, and I think I've got Atlanta. I think the way that this offense is hitting right now for Atlanta is just too too potent. The Dodgers have still been playing good baseball, but I just think the way if you can't control Acuña on the bases, you can't control Ozzy Albies on the bases, you can't control a team that has like seven guys hitting 20 plus homers. I think it's like 10 guys hitting 20-plus homers. I mean, this offense is just high-powered. They're ready to rumble. They're ready to get after it. So I think I've got Atlanta winning the World Series one more time. Uh, Second time in three years. There you go. Come fight me about it. Come talk to me about it. We'll see where we stand here at the end of November. Oh, my gosh. You heard it here first, though. Braves-Orioles. I'm not going to give you games yet. I need to see how people – I need to – get a little bit more talk in, so, but, now, we'll toss it to good old yesterday, it was Saturday, it was the last Saturday of September, and the last Saturday in September of college football, now we get into the big time, now we get into the full conference schedules. And boy, yesterday did not disappoint. Oh, yesterday was absolutely fantastic. We'll go through the scores here yesterday. First off, we'll start Friday. I've talked about it multiple times on this show. 
I've talked about it to a lot of people. The Pac-12 is stacked with teams that are ranked this year, but they're stacked with a lot of good teams. They're stacked with a lot of tough teams, especially rebuilding programs. Oregon State came out in Corvallis and said, you know what? Fuck you, Utah. We're going to take over. That's exactly what they did. The Beavers end up getting a 21-7 win on Friday against the Utes. Ungalalier played great. This Oregon defense, or Oregon State defense, played great. I think the best thing that Oregon State could have had is they picked up DJ at QB, and now you have a team to be able to run with. You have a passing game that you can actually kind of build with. And so now, Oregon State's going through. Looking at their schedule for the next game, Oregon State has Cal, UCLA, Arizona. I feel like you still have a tough team in UCLA, Arizona. You can you can maybe sit a little bit high on 3-2, and two, but this UCLA team, they're 3-1 and one overall this year. They're 0-1 in the Pac-12, but I still think that Oregon State will be able to get it done. Then they've got a test against, we'll talk about them coming up, Colorado and good old Deion Sanders. To close out the year, though, they got the gauntlet. They've got Washington and Oregon. Throw a Stanford game in there. Um, but they've got Washington and Oregon to close out the year. Now, we'll jump into Saturday. Because, I mean, this one was impressive. The George Bulldogs. That's the first board or score on the board that I'll take a look at here. Georgia, number one team in the country, taking on Auburn. Georgia played a little sloppy. Georgia let this Auburn team, which is not a bad team at all, but they let this Auburn team hang around. And if you're going to be the number one team in the country, yeah, you're going to have bumps in the road. But Georgia looked a little bit too comfortable with how they were playing. 27-20 win over Auburn in that one. The next one on the board is just the heartbreak. Me and my cousins yesterday before pictures, we were watching part of the game, and it was we were so excited. We were so hyped up for it, and then it disappointed within five seconds. The Nebraska Cornhuskers and the Michigan Wolverines came to town in Lincoln. Uh, Michigan boat raced. I mean, this was this was just a boat race from the beginning. I will say this: when you take a look at how, because I mean, there's no good way to ever put this as a Nebraska fan because everybody's going to say you suck. Coming from my perspective, our defense has looked better than it has in the last four years, but we're still getting outmatched the lines, which is fine. We will rebuild. We'll get that done. We'll figure it out, hopefully. Matt Rule, trying. Now, I will say, are we better than where we were coming into last year? Absolutely. Are we better than where we were a few years ago? Absolutely. We're competing. We're doing this. We're playing against good teams and get trying to get the job done. Now, are you going to play against a team like Michigan and expect to win? There's, there's a little bit of hope in the back of the mind, but... We were not expected to win that game, and it definitely showed. Michigan outmatched us at the line. Blake Corum ran very well. Edwards ran very well. I mean, they controlled the run game from snap number one. Defensively, they played good. Harbaugh had a um, couple of picks, or he only had one interception, but he had a lot of balls tipped at the line. I mean, they were getting outmatched by the snap. Billy Kemp, I will say this. This kid was a great pickup from the University of Virginia. I mean, he... Helps run the offense as well. Fedoni, the tight end, is is just a very good tight end target to have. 
but I still think Nebraska's going in the right direction. Forty set or forty-five to seven final in Lincoln for that yesterday. Michigan moves to five and zero and number one in the Big Ten. Texas, Kansas. Everybody's kind of talking about this this Texas offense. I did see a tweet here. I'm gonna see if I can go back and find it. This might have to be a long way to go back and find this. Because the scoreline really doesn't give. Oh, here you go. Here's another scoreline for you. The Jayhawks are the only Pick 12 member without a top 10 winning conference play. Since the conference inception in 1996. Kansas is 0-35 versus Big 12 opponents that is ranked within the top 10. That's kind of crazy to see. But there was a stat line of where Texas had controlled the ball for over 40 minutes of that game, 300 or 500 yards of offense. Kansas was held to minimal yards on offense. I'm trying to see if I can actually find the correct tweet here. I'm, I'm going to think I cannot because I don't know how far back this went. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find this. I don't know how far back I had to scroll or scroll up or where it was, but the good old Texas Longhorns, the question is, are they back? I'm personally going to say yes. I think they are. I mean, still, this Kansas team is young. They've got great offensive skills, and they're actually playing better than where any Kansas team has been in two years. I mean, they have last season made it to a bowl game. When was the last time you saw the Kansas Jayhawks in a bowl game? When, did you, when was the last time you ever saw a Kansas team ranked in the top 25? Let alone start 4-0, which they did last year as well. I mean, Kansas has come out of the gate and impressed a lot of people. Still yet not ready to play with the big boys. That's okay. You're coming out and you're making changes. You're doing what you need to do to get this program back to where you want it. Slow growth is good sometimes. If you can actually make steps and make waves in the right direction, go for it. Texas, though... Quinn Ewers, and this offense is just absolutely freaking moving. It is so fun to see him, especially when you got Mitchell running down the field, making diving catches. I mean, this Texas offense is just absolutely electric. Texas has got the Red River next week against Oklahoma. I think they're going to just get after it. This defense, though, I will say this. Normally, Texas not known for its secondary and its defense, Folks, it has not disappointed this year. They are absolutely controlling the defensive line of the ball. It's not 40 score games. It's not 40 to 39 wins. I mean, they are controlling the ball. They're holding teams to good point margins and good win margins. So, Texas, you're looking mighty, mighty strong here. We'll see how the rest of the Big 12 treats you. Penn State with a win over Northwestern. Northwestern, a little bit chippy yesterday. They started kind of holding Penn State's offense to a little bit of a slow start end up not being able to hold it all the way through, that's fine. Northwestern, I will always make this argument. Northwestern is a football team that will compete until the very, very end and the last whistle blows. They will either pull off the upset, they will beat the living piss out of you on just, we're going to keep grinding and grinding and grinding. You're going to have to play us all game. That is a Northwestern team. I love watching them play football. I, I hate the fact that Pat Fitzgerald is not there anymore because I loved how he coached at Northwestern, but still, they're moving in the same direction of, we're going to be consistent, we're going to give everybody a fight. This Penn State team is one of the best teams in the Big Ten, if not the country, and they helped Penn State to 20 points at the end of the half. 
and they were losing 20-13. to 13. So, I mean, this Penn State team finally able to get it rolling. Aller at QB, 189 yards, one touchdown. And this Penn State team still looking good. Penix Jr. and the Washington Huskies, seventh-ranked team in the country, get the job done at Arizona, 31-24. Washington moves to 5-0, 2-0 in the Pac-12. That should be fun to see where they go. This, because... You have a Pac-12 team like I've talked about that's going to be very, very impressive, and here's the big test for them next week. You got Oregon, but this one's at home in Washington. Eugene and the Ducks got to go on the road, so you've got Washington-Oregon next week. I think that's going to be one of the biggest primetime matchups of the weekend. Going back through it, the story everybody wants to talk about is Dion, Dion out of the season. Critics. Everybody, we're talking about how fast this team came out of the gate. Can they keep that momentum? Didn't look like it at the start, but then all of a sudden in the second half, USC's defense gave up a lot of points to good old Shadir Sanders and that Buffs offense. Turnovers were a big factor in that yesterday as well. Caleb Williams threw his first interception of the year. Um, and USC still able to hold on, but here's the big factor. They exposed a lot in this USC armor, but at the same time, Colorado was never fully going to be out of that game just because of how much drive that team has. I mean, Colorado is a team that's just, they're willing to go. But here's the thing as well. I did, I will say this. The way that Colorado showed up to Oregon, started talking a lot of shit. There's videos out on Twitter that you can go see, not on TikTok and all of this. I don't like that. I like the fact that you're going to be cocky before a game. I like the fact that you're going to try to play how you want to play. But, guys, don't trash talk and then go get your asses fucking handed to you. Like, don't go out there and just get absolutely boat raced if you're going to talk trash. You better be able to back it up. I don't like how that game started. I don't like how that game went just in general. Well, besides the fact that Oregon won, I love that. I just don't like where that that kind of direction went. Against Colorado State, it was the same thing. Everybody was talking smack. I understand it's a rivalry. I understand where the tensions are high. I get that. It's sports. You're going to talk some shit. That's fine. But, guys, you cannot do what that happened. You can't do what that happened. You can't do what that was. So now Colorado's got to kind of go back on the rebuilding here and see where they're See where they want to be. Travis Hunter, I know that's been a key factor on why Colorado has not been offensively back in two weeks. But still, nonetheless, they had a hell of a comeback coming up with 14 points in the second quarter. They had 27 points in in the entire second half. I mean, it was impressive. I believe it was 27 unanswered for Colorado to come through with that. So USC with a big win there still. 41 or 48 to 41. I still think USC is the top team in the country, and I think we'll see them either in the Final Four or we'll see them at a big bowl game at the end of the year. Oregon, the Ducks, Stanford, bye. Don't really have to talk much about that. Bo Nix and this Oregon freaking offense just pounding everybody. 21 points in the third quarter yesterday, only allowing two field goals. Through the air, Bo Nix, 290, four touchdowns. Can we can we put him on the Heisman? Oh wait, we're gonna put him already. Okay, good. Another quarterback to put on that. And I'll say this yesterday, and yeah, it's a little bit touching off of the broadcast. JJ McCarthy, man, 
you got to put him on the list. I mean, the kid can run. He's a dynamic freaking quarterback, able to make the difficult throws, put it exactly where he needs to. Yesterday against Nebraska, he looked very, very good. Everybody's going to argue that it was Nebraska, but still, J.J. McCarthy has been doing this the entire season, and this is why the Wolverines offensively can run the ball with Corum. They do have the offensive line to give him that time to throw the ball and make those decisions, but still, this kid can play. So add him to the Heisman talk. The Blue Devils and the Irish, 17 versus 11 yesterday. Irish end up pulling this one out late, 21-14 after, after falling a little bit behind in the fourth quarter, or the second half, I should say. Duke, this team is still very good, although this is a bad thing for them. Riley Leonard yesterday went out with an injury. Um, I don't know the severity of it. I only got to watch a little bit of the game or of that game yesterday. So Duke now maybe without a quarterback, but this Blue Devil team is still a, still a very good team. Notre Dame coming back with a huge answer after a loss to Ohio State last week. They're five and one. Alabama coming in. They are still Bama. 40 to 17 over Mississippi State, 12th ranked team in the country. Milrow had a little bit better game yesterday, 164 yards through the air. Ole Miss, LSU. This was going to be a highlight question of the week. Was LSU going to be able to still hold their ground after last week? Was Ole Miss going to be able to bounce back from the loss to Bama? Um, folks, if you didn't get to watch this, this was a shootout. Let me break this down for you. 21-7 in the first half or in the first quarter, Ole Miss has lead. 21-7, keep that in mind. Then it's 10 points for Ole Miss in the second quarter, so we're at 31. Then you hop it to 28 points for LSU with a 21-point second quarter. So the half goes to 31-28. to Three-point game and a half. Unreal. Throwing it to the third quarter now, second half. Throw up another 14. That's 42. LSU, or Ole Miss gets three, so that's 34. Throwing it now to the fourth quarter, Seven points for LSU, puts them at their 49. 21 points for the running Rebs in the fourth. 55-49, final. Ole Miss looking to try to be that new team in the SEC to kind of just come shake things up, throw a couple of jabs in there, and get the job done. They had a really good running back last year. They have the same running back this year in Jenkins. I don't know what you want me to say. The 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 bloods of the Ella, or the SEC starting to fall a little bit. The new ones coming in, picking them up, recruiting what they need to do. The transfer portal has opened this up immensely, and this is the one thing that I hate and love about the transfer portal. Guys that are on the Alabamas, Georgias, Michigans, throw Texas in there at the mix. That's the top four at the moment. The guys that are there that aren't playing. Couldn't make waves anywhere else in the country. Be that starting guy. Be that number one guy. Make that name for themselves. They are now moving and going to places. Now, here's the here's the thing that I don't like about it. It is too easy for them to just be able to say, yep, I'm going to sign a document, start the next day at that school. It's too easy. Guys, I understand that college football is hard. I understand that baseball, sports in general in college and just around the country are hard. I understand that if it is not that opportunity for you, you are now lower on the list, but you're competing with these guys. You're just not getting the playing time, but you know you can make an impact somewhere else. Go, fine, do that. If you're going to do it and be lazy and say, well, I'm not getting this spot because I've got four guys above me. I'm never going to see the field. I'm just going to go, and you don't try. That's the thing that it's just it's super, super, super touchy when you kind of get to the, the nitty-gritty stuff of the transfer portal. That's my little rant for the day.
Oklahoma, Ohio, or Iowa State, 14th-ranked Sooners move to 5-0, 2-0 in the Big 12 with the Red River coming up next week. Battle of the Unbeatens. Um, this was interesting to watch yesterday. They scored 50 points in the first half between two schools. It was 30-20. to 20. And then Ohio, or Iowa State never scored after that. And Oklahoma ran away with it. Matt Campbell in that Cyclones offense. Run it. Tennessee, South Carolina, the Vols end up picking the win 41-20 yesterday. Kentucky trying to end their battle disputes with the Gators. I think they're doing just fine. 33-14 in Lexington over the 22nd-ranked Florida Gators, who were 3-1 at the time now, 3-2. Kentucky moves to 5-0, 2-0 in the SEC. You'll see them in the top 25 kind of coming down here. Um, Folks, I don't know if anybody knows this. Missouri has a football team. It used to be pretty decent. Uh, now they're they're on the high road here. Big 38-21 to 21 win over Vanderbilt. I know it's Vandy, but still, big win over Kansas State in a Big 12 SEC old school matchup. About a week ago, the 23rd-ranked Tigers remain 5-0, 1-0 in SEC play, so they'll have a big weekend. The Fresno State Bulldogs with a big win over the Matarino yesterday, who now fall to 0-5. Bulldogs 5-0 in the Mountain West. Or 5-0 just in general. College football rankings will come out this week. We should have an episode to break that down as well. <sighs> Big key matchups next week. Washington, Oregon, Red River. Plenty of other big matchups, but we'll touch on those as we get down to the new episode in the middle of the week. Throwing it now to the best part of the day, which we are going to have to get to in a couple of minutes here. Fantasy lineups. Oh, my gosh. Oh, please tell me. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm about to make a big, big boo-boo. Big boo-boo. Okay. Miles Sanders is cleared. Oh, that was going to be rough. Oh, maybe we should put you. Can I put Najee Harrison still? No, we're going to trust it. Uh, Najee Harris has not really impressed me much this season. And Houston beat up on Jacksonville last week and stopped... Stopped uh, Travis Etienne. So I don't know if I want to put Najee Harris in with the way that the Steelers have been running the ball. Games on the day. Jags end up picking a big win against Atlanta. 23-7 in the London matchup. I did get to watch that game this morning. That was fun. Watched it with my cousins. Packers end up taking an L to the Lions earlier on Thursday. Jordan Love and the Packers' woes still continue in that battle for the eh, NFC North. Excuse me. I've only had one beer, I promise, this morning. Detroit, looking like a solid team. Campbell and the Detroit Lions, looking like a very solid team. Jared Goff had a little bit of a shaky day, but it also doesn't help when the entire Packers defensive line decides to say, oh, you want to run the ball? Okay, here you go. Oprah Winfrey giving out free rushing yards. So that was David Montgomery's show there. Games to watch today. Bills, Dolphins, that's going to be fun. The battle of the worst teams in the league at the moment. The Bears and the Broncos. That's today. I've got my Broncos gear on. I'm going to go turn that on as soon as I get off this show. I got the Broncos, though. We're still Broncos country. Let's ride. Cleveland, Baltimore. That one should be a good game as well. I'd sat Lamar Jackson for Jared Goff thinking that this Packers off or defense was going to struggle a little bit. And then David Montgomery got the ball. So now Lamar Jackson's about to make me pay here for sitting him. Let's hope not. 
Cincinnati, Tennessee, the Bengals looking to try to kind of bounce themselves back. Joe Burrow trying to see if he can get himself on track, looking a little bit better last week, and the Bengals' offense maybe kind of starting to click. Um, big win over Tennessee today would really help that. Then you got the Rams, Colts this afternoon as well, Tampa and the Saints, Washington and Philly. Philly looking to see if they can still power through everybody, and Washington looking to see if they can kind of become – a little bit better. Ron Rivera and those commanders need to step it up a little bit. Vikings, Carolina. I think Minnesota's going to take this one. I really like this Minnesota team. They're a tough team. I really like the way Kirk Cousins has been playing and throwing the ball. He's been a little bit more decisive, been a little bit more careful with the ball. Justin Jefferson having a big target as well. You got TJ Hawkinson now. Alexander Madison at the running back. I mean... Without Dalvin Cook, everybody was asking that question. So how is that going to play a factor? I think the Vikings offense has suffered a little bit. I will say that. But still, when you can be able to throw the ball to multiple targets, you got Matson as well on the outside edge. Hawkinson, like I said, as a tight end, was a huge pickup um, for Kirk Cousins. Pittsburgh, Houston. I'm hoping Pittsburgh wins. And like I said, I didn't sub out Najee Harris for that. So that might bite me, or that might shoot myself in the foot there. Raiders, Chargers. Jimmy Garoppolo and the Raiders looking to try to pin off Justin Herbert and the Chargers, who need a win again. The Chargers need to keep picking it up. Got a win against the Vikings last week in a very tough fight. They need a win this week to kind of keep themselves moving because they've got the Raiders this week, Cowboys next week. Arizona, San Francisco. Come on, San Fran. Come on, Purdy Birdie. I believe... Them and the Eagles are the last two unbeatens in the NFL. So, looking to pick it up there. Dallas, looking to stomp all over the New England Patriots, seeing if they can keep this very good season alive. Jags already picked up a win. And then Sunday night football um, is the Jets and the Chiefs. That should be a good game. Hopefully for the Chiefs, they can keep themselves online on pace. Zach Wilson and the Jets kind of need a little bit of a, a strong start here to kind of get back onto where they need to be. Seattle. New York, Giants, tomorrow, Monday night. I got Seattle in that one. The Giants have been showing me a, a lot of mis, miscues. The Giants have been showing everybody a lot of miscues. But I think Seattle's going to be that team to kind of start kind of getting themselves back with Pete Carroll. But also the Giants were supposed to be contenders this year and then drop the ball. The Giants have just been not, not winning the battle up front. Daniel Jones has been getting hit a lot. He's been having to try to scramble more than usual. Saquon Barkley being hurt doesn't really help you at all being able to establish a run game. So the Giants need a big win tomorrow. But folks, that kind of wraps it up. I'm just going to be chilling in my apartment today. Doing what I do best. Games have started in the NFL. It's 12.04. So we're going to get out of here. JC, I'll get this episode, or JC, I'll get this episode today. Hopefully we can get it up tonight. See how that goes. And then we should be back next week. Hopefully deer season for me is kicked off. So tomorrow I'm probably going to be sitting in a tree. Fingers crossed. We hope. That should be super, super fun. And yeah, we'll go from there. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a fantastic Sunday. I hope you have a fantastic week next week. If you guys are hunters that listen to the show, I hope your season goes good. Baseball fans, I hope your postseason goes good. So with that, thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Covert Show. We'll talk to you all later.